Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. along to the Forza Italian Football Podcast. It's been a while since we've welcomed one of our guests on, and he's usually in my position. So we'll start with you, Connell Shaw. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. It's quite odd being uh, in the guest chair, not in the host chair for once. And yeah, it's been a long time, I think. Not since November, maybe a bit before that. But yeah, I'm glad to be back, finally. The last time I spoke to you, we were basically just having a go at Mauro Icardi, weren't we? Me, you and Nick. We can still do that today. Oh, I plan on that, don't worry. Um, <laughs> moving on smoothly from that, Nick, how's everything with you? Um, I'm very well, thanks, Connor. Um, pretty good week with Inter, another Serie A win. Uh, and following on from last week with Australia Day, Inter has now signed an Australian. So uh, We'll get to that, don't worry. Yeah, very, very, very happy at the moment. Connell's gesturing that he's not impressed at you talking about Inter slash Australia at the moment. We need to place bets from now on, I think, going forward as to how long it will take Nick to mention either Australia or Inter. The next five seconds, most likely. Probably. Nick, turn your mic off for a few minutes. And last but not least, if he's making a return after a couple of weeks away, Luca Gumby. Luca, what's new? Uh, yeah, hi, nice to be here. Yeah, glad, glad to see uh, Sampdoria win after a few uh, weeks without one. And um, I'll be going there in a week myself, or well, just over a week, to see them play Bologna and Marassi. Haven't been to a Serie A game live in a while, so that's something to look forward to. A bit of an experience back at the grounds, and hopefully they'll manage to break their negative record when I'm in attendance. Let's hope so. They got, a, as you mentioned, a really good result at the weekend, which... Me and Nick can take some credit for, I think, but we'll we'll get onto that a bit later. So basically, Juventus won again. Um, Allegri tried the four-two-three-one again, and business as usual, more or less, for the Bianconeri. Gonzalo Higuain and Sami Khedira scored. But the biggest talking point from the game was probably Paolo Dybala, who 
when he was taken off, refused to shake hands with Allegri. Obviously, it's normal for a player to be a bit upset when they've been taken off. But should Dybala really get away with this public petulance? Luca, I'll go to you. Uh, it's, I think, I don't know, I think there's something in sort of Italy in general where they kind of do like to make a lot out of these gestures when they catch something on camera and players are so used to speaking with their hands over their mouths and they're so cautious and guarded about what they do. But I, I don't think it really matters that much. Obviously, it's a bit disrespectful to the manager and whatever, but I don't think it really necessarily affects anything in any way. If he's back playing the next week, if he's turning up to training on time, which obviously he is, he's not just bunking off or whatever. I don't think it really matters in any way. I think there was a thing um, in England recently when people were having a go with Sanchez. He got brought off and started crying. I think uh, no, Gabby Dean always had sort of, they'd make stories about him when he was at Napoli when he got brought off. But I think just refusing to shake hand is a bit petulant, but he's just been running around. He's just been doing his job. It's, I don't think it really matters in any way. And I think that they're... Um, well run as a club enough disciplined enough that they can just have a quiet word get over it. it's not it's not gonna really throw anything off the rails it, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things yeah I think what was most telling about the whole incident was that he had high-fived a couple of people and Allegri's hand was just there and he made quite a show of pulling his hand back behind his back basically not giving Allegri any option. Nick, Connell, have you guys got any thoughts on Dybala's actions at the weekend? should show uh, some of the respect where it's due, considering probably the minimum at Juventus. I do agree that he did make a show of it on purpose, because there's literally no need, and he knows that all the cameras are focused on him. They know that the camera's going to pick up, the media are going to talk about it. And it could be something to do with the extra pressure that's on Allegri at the moment with talks that he's going to be potentially leaving Juventus. And who knows, maybe uh, he would encourage that. Yeah, well, you've mentioned it, and one of our listeners actually asked about that, not this week, a couple of weeks ago. But what do you guys think about the rumours that Allegri could be leaving Juventus soon? Nick, you haven't spoken strangely, so I'll let you take this one. I thought I was banned from talking, so I was just kind of listening for all. <laughs> Only about Inter and Australia. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really read too much into that kind of talk about Allegri, um, you know, until we hear anything really uh, solid, I guess. Um, I'm not sure if it's really linked to Dybala. Um, I think I think it's, it's, it's odd for me that the fact that it's come from a player in his position at you know, usually see that from the stars playing at kind of smaller clubs, but at a Juventus, you know, a club with such such a strong culture and mentality, it, it was very odd. So um, I'm sure Allegri and their hierarchy will be straight on him. But to Allegri, yeah, I'd, particularly now that there is there has been quite a quite a bit of change in that team, um, and we've seen it even just in the matter of the last few weeks with the formation. Even um, as you mentioned, Connor, he's kind of gone to that four two three. Um, so it's um, it doesn't seem like a time that Allegri or Juventus will be looking for someone new anyway. So um, yeah, I'm not reading too much into it at this point. Okay, yeah, Nick, you did mention the four-two-three-one. I did want to talk about that briefly, so I'll stay with you. Do you think like they've no real reason to change formation for the benefit of Serie A because they just 
seem to win that regardless. So I'm personally inclined to think that this is very much with Europe in mind. Do you think the change of formation is to keep the European teams guessing or to just give them a few more strings to their bow? Yeah, there's probably a bit of that element. Um, you know, there's, I mean, with all due respect to some of the clubs, you know, when, when Juve is playing week in, week out against certain teams, it's probably not giving them the, the best challenge in terms of building themselves up for for the likes of the Barcelonas and Real Madrids that will come at the end of the Champions League season. So um, there is possibly an element of that. But I, I also think that that 2-3-1 that um, with the midfield and attack kind of with the team as it is now, it probably gives Allegri more options um, and, and attacking power, really. So I think when, when he does take on Europe, they, have, they haven't been that great going forward. Um, they've kind of been a bit reserved, I guess you could say. So maybe that's him trying to, to get a formation working so that when they do face those teams, they can kind of take it to them from the outset. So... Yeah, I, th- I think there's a bit of Europe in there, but I also think it's kind of Allegri transitioning the squad into for what for what might work for the next couple of seasons as well. Yeah, okay, Connell, um, we've spoken about it a little bit on the podcast, but how far do you think Juventus can go in Europe, especially if they've added this extra dimension to their game? They look like they want to attack more than they ever have with basically getting all of their attacking players out at the same time in the 4-2-3-1. So what are your thoughts? That's it's a bit of a cop out answer, but I think as as far as their mentality can take them, they're a team that are clearly capable of beating other sides in Europe. They have the squad, they have the players, evident in their two starting strikers. It all just really depends on whether they think they can go into the match and take a, a confident victory out of it. If they're yeah. playing, uh, I think if you think back uh, a couple of uh, years ago when they played Monaco in the Champions League. And it's probably one of the most dire games of football I've ever seen. And I watched Fiorentina week in, week out. And it just really... that. In fact, that was the year that they went to the final, I'm almost sure. But watching that game, I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that this was an Italian team that was trying to demonstrate to the rest of the world. Um, So if if they're to play more games like that, then I can't see them going all too far. But if they play strongly... Uh, as they did against Lazio recently, then there's no reason to believe why they can go to the semis and maybe even the final again. Definitely. So moving on from Juventus, kind of results elsewhere have pretty much handed them the Scudetto this weekend. And Nick, I think it's time for me and you to hold our hands up and apologize to fans of Roma and Napoli because, right, so... We praised both of them last week. We were one of the things we said was how much improved Roma's defense was. They hadn't conceded in four games, I think it was, and so they went to Sampdoria and they were beaten three two. Luca, I believe you watched this game. So, do you want to tell us what the fuck happened to Roma's defense? Oh, well, I think all the the praise that Fazio has uh, been receiving recently. That that was in the right place. But I, I think it was just sort of a couple of individual episodes. Uh, Vermaelen was pretty useless. He was sort of a surprise inclusion. It was just sort of one-on-ones. Muriel just kept getting past him, and Muriel's a good player on his day, so that can happen. And then sort of I think Rudiger was a bit 
too aggressive in the um, back three as well. He was sort of running off. He was getting out wide quite a bit, trying to trail wingers and close people down and win the ball. And I think uh, he got booked and he could have perhaps received a second yellow. Fazio was okay, as mentioned then. Sort of in um, sitting in front, De Rossi didn't have a great day. He was um, to blame for the second goal where Schick sort of took it on his chest and just went past him. It's kind of similar to the first goal where it's just Roman defender one on one lost out and then that just led to a goal and then so it was a defective free kick so I think structurally it's probably sound it was just a couple of those moments there where uh, players missed out on these one-on-ones a bit static and perhaps a bit aggressive as the goals started to trade in they lost some discipline I think obviously that's something that they can um, recover from pretty sharply it was just a few mistakes I don't think there's any reason to panic or uh, completely you know rubbish what you might have been saying last week thanks very much everyone listening we didn't actually tell Luca to say that that's uh, <laughs> thanks thanks for that Luca so they did reading the um, script right here exactly what you wanted to say right so Roma did turn to Francesco Totti late on to come on and rescue them a point probably given what he did tonight it's probably not the best time to ask this considering he scored the winner in the Coppa Italia quarterfinal. But is it a sign of some of the problems at Roma that they're still turning to a 72-year-old striker? He's still got talent, clearly, but surely there should be someone else by now and Totti shouldn't be the next in line after Dzeko. Um, Connell, why don't you give us your thoughts here? I thought Dzeko was the 72-year-old striker you're on about because you know, I don't know what people say. <laughs> He plays like frustrates me. I don't like seeing him score. Um, I think, yes, it clearly does show that they still haven't got a proper plan in place, given that Potty is looking to potentially uh, leave at the end of this season, depending on what happens. So uh, they've sort of got to get that. I think their defense has saved them quite a bit this season, um, surprisingly, given the players that they have got in that defense. Um, perhaps they can pick up a, a striker or two in the summer, maybe a youngster that they can feed into the system, somebody just to support Jekko. But then again, you have to look at whether that's in Spalletti's system or not. Yeah, definitely. I think adding some depth up top is definitely something they need. Um, what was I going to say? We'll, we'll move away from Roma now because I'm just trying to get through I don't want me and Nick to come across as too stupid. But we did also praise Napoli last week, Nick. Yeah. We said they were probably the second best team in Serie A. And then they drew at home to Palermo. Really. So they might have dominated. But if you can't break down, I think it's fair to say, one of the worst teams in Serie A, like Palermo are abysmal. If you can't break a team like that, then you have no place considering yourselves to be title hopefuls. Nick, do you want to apologize and share some more yeah, thoughts on that? I um, actually apologize to my Napoli friend as well because I take full responsibility to that. I, I came out on social media and everything talking about how beautiful Napoli plays in attack. And we are talking about last week, that, half, that first half an hour against Milan, Connor, how, how beautiful it is to watch that type of football. Um, and we're saying if, if they could play that more often, play that 60, 70 minutes a game, that would be great. But then 
they uh, they seem to do even less against Palermo. So, um, uh, yeah, um, it's and but I mean it, it does go to what we were saying in that it, it's that consistency. It's all good doing that for short stints in a game, but doing that week in week out that's that's the difference, and that's why Juventus. I mean, that's why we've all pretty much just resided ourselves for months now that Juventus will take the title because there are these weeks, um, you know, Juve will struggle. They might lose the occasional games, but, you know, week in, week out, you can pretty much back them. Whereas, and we saw this with Roma and Napoli this week, that, you know, despite Roma's defensive form and despite Napoli's offensive form, they can kind of implode somewhat. So, um and employed more probably directed at Roma than Napoli. But, um, yeah, that's just the difference. So it's hopefully they they learn from that kind of game. Um, you know, there were some pretty shocking misses in that. They really should have scored a few goals. But one of those games they'll be um, looking forward to next week, no doubt. And as I said last week, it's somewhat building for next season, um, I think, and where they can really mount a possible Scudetto challenge. Yeah, well, you did say that Juventus will probably slip up another couple of times between now and the end of the season. This weekend, they play Inter in the Derby d'Italia. You're giving me a thumbs up. So do you think Inter can do the double over Juventus this year and continue their impressive run of form? Yeah, why not? <laughs> I, uh... it's just, yeah, that's that's it. Okay. Nice and quick, right, Connor? it's um what i mean no it's it's going to be difficult there's no doubt what they've won the last 27 home matches in Serie A. so you know there's there's a reason they are that hard to beat at home um not to say that inter won't go out there and and you got to think that when we played them last uh last year i should say the first time this season we were in a lot worse a place in terms of our form mentality and everything. So, you know, if you, if you look at that, there's, there's a lot of positives that we could take into this. And there's a lot of reason for Inter to have some confidence to, and actually take it to Juve. There's no reason to go there scared. And, you know, even if they go at it and lose two nil, you know, it's not a big problem. It's, it's expected on a lot of means. So there's no reason why uh, Pioli shouldn't go for it. And, you know, the way he has been, um, had his team playing. I don't see any reason why he won't. So I'm, as an Inter fan and as a Serie A fan, I'm really looking forward to it because I think Inter will go for it and it'll be interesting to see how Juventus deals with um, deals with the test if Inter on, are on their form because if, if Inter show up, I think it could be a really good game. I think what's key to them showing up, as we saw in the Coppa Italia this week, when a certain player doesn't play, Inter don't win. Nick, do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, the Mr. 100% record mm. at Inter, Gagliardini. Absolutely, we've spoken enough about him. So, Luca, do you share Nick's optimism about Inter's chances? Do you think they can go and take the game to Juventus? Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily expect them to do the double. Obviously, it's tough in Turin to, to win for any team. But obviously, with the form they are in, I don't see any reason why they can't go there and look to get a result. They've got out the cup, so that's not sort of they can sort of try and put all their eggs in this one basket of the league now, whereas Juventus have got still other commitments elsewhere, maybe not straight away, but they've got other things on their mind. And yeah, it's that sort of derby atmosphere. It 
I mean, you wouldn't expect Juventus to be intimidated in any way. You feel under pressure of playing at home in front of their own fans, but, you know, Inter obviously going to be up for it. And Juventus lost both times they went to Milan in the first half of the season. So they're going to perhaps be a bit more fired up and eager to sort of get a result to redeem themselves after that. That could perhaps plant into hands in a way if it becomes a sort of really intense match where it could just sort of go either way. I don't know, like personally, I'd maybe back a draw, but I think it should be a really like interesting game to watch and one where it could go either way. You're not just expecting Juventus to win comfortably as they tend to do in uh, most of their other domestic fixtures. Yeah, we did mention the Coppa Italia there. Inter got knocked out by Lazio last night on Tuesday. And Roma beat Cesena tonight, thanks to uh, Francesco Totti. I think it was a late, if not last-minute winner. So the semi-final lineup then is Napoli will play Juventus. And I think it's a Rome derby in the, in the other semi-final, which will be interesting, to say the least. We're going to move on from the actual football now and talk about what a lot of people think is more important personally I think it's absolute nonsense but the transfer window closed yesterday or the day before um and there were a few deals that went through connell one of the main reasons to get you on is fiorentina have signed ricardo sapanara they have a bit of business it's, it was it was a very fast piece of business as well an unexpected one especially for me um you know, he's. I think the the owner of Empoli just recently said that Napoli last summer upped him for twenty million for Sabanara, and now all of a sudden he's just been loaned to Fiorentina with a, a deal of around eight million to come. Uh it's a very good piece of business. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, looking they, forward to seeing. They seem to have got away with paying a really reduced fee for him because he's not been on his best form this year, but he is playing for Empoli. I remember last season he was outstanding and he even made Massimo Macaroni score a few goals at his advanced age. So do you think Nikola Kalinic and everyone else can really benefit from having a playmaker like Sapanara in the team? Sapanara can benefit from Kalinic and vice versa. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I, I, I really do. And I'm quite interested to see an attack. Um, I could imagine a starting lineup revolving around Chiesa, Bernadeschi, Sabonara and uh, and Kalinic. And so I'm really excited to see him start. I'm really excited to see him play. So being included in the Europa squad, along with Sports Yellow. Uh, I, I don't agree. I've seen some people um, on social media, on Twitter, all talking about how he hasn't done anything. He's a useless player, blah, blah, blah. I don't agree with it. I think he has been quite lazy. To be honest, uh, at Empoli the past uh, few months, maybe because he was angling for that move away again. Uh, but I definitely, I, I'm very excited about it. I, I don't know quite how to describe it. I'm just very happy that he's joined, and uh, I, I, I have a personal story about him as well. Not too personal, but a, a small thing. Right, next happens. So go on, tell us the story. Well, the uh, the Italian town in which my parents live. There is a, a small uh, pizzeria, a small restaurant. And uh, around the restaurant, there are uh, little picture frames with his shirts in it of Sapanara, his shirt all signed by the player himself. That's because he was actually born in that town and he's best. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Friends with the restaurant's owner. So I thought that's not bad. I can always go over there, pop along. You'll have to get us uh, uh, an interview with him and get him to come on the pod next time. Uh, right. Uh, Con- yes. Sorry. Um, Connell, just with Sepinara, because I'm kind of agree with you on this completely. I think um, this season he's been uh, almost forgotten I mean, the exploits of last season, what was like five goals, 11 assists. I mean, he was incredible for Empoli. And I, I, I do agree he's got a bit lazy, but it's it's hard to kind of hold it against him. It's hard to be motivated in that Empoli team this season. So you can kind of understand that. Um, so just with with his um, coming into Fiorentina, do you think that kind of favours that four two three one formation, which will see Sapanara possibly flanked in, in the next couple of seasons if everyone stays by Chiesa, Bernadeschi and then Kalinic up front with obviously Ilicic um, dropping off. Is that? Do you kind of see that as the favoured um, formation? Uh, this season, perhaps. Um, I'm slightly inclined to think that his role might change a bit uh, come next season, uh, given that Bader looks likely to leave. And uh, the fact that right now we haven't really got any competent right back. So I'm not all too confident for us playing a, a 4 2 3 1. Um, I could more see him dropping in uh, into a more advanced role while maybe Vecino drops back a bit more for there or two. And uh, uh, again, it all depends on what signings are made in the summer. Um, they go with a 4 2 3 1. That is what I, uh, what I said about earlier, what I slightly envision for now with uh, Balideski. Kiesa and Kalinic. Okay. Um, Nick, 
we're gonna let you talk about Australia, I think, because who the hell is Trent Sainsbury? I honestly thought you would put this name on the transfer list as a joke because I had never heard of him before. I had to Google him. I saw he was Australian. I sighed and I just said I'd let you take over. So go ahead. Uh, he's actually um, in the Australian football community. He's quite a um, quite a prominent figure, I guess. He's arguably uh, the Socceroos' first choice centre back. So um, you know, he's he's had a decent amount of experience. He was a big player in the Australia's 2015 Asian Cup win. Um, scored his first international goal in the semi-final. He was man of the match in the final uh, when Australia did win. He um, had a short stint in uh, the Eredivisie in um, the Netherlands, um, a bit unlucky with injuries there, but again, um, played some big matches there and um, then found himself at Jiangsu Suning, which of course, Suning being the same ownership group that owns Inter. So that's, I guess, where it's come about. So, I'm, I, you know, it was a big shock to me when I first saw it. It was the last thing I was expecting um, Inter to do, but you know, while, you know, realistically his playing time is going to be, you know, I mean, you'd have to think something would have to go wrong for him to get any serious playing time. Not to say that, you know, he, he's, he's a quality player. He's quite a good, um, somewhat of an old school um, player. He's got a lot of grunt, a lot of physicality, but he can still play the ball around. So, um, you know, it's, Possibly more of one of those group moves similar to what um, City is doing with a lot of their teams around the world. But um, I'm excited. It's good to have an Australian on the ranks. So um, I, I, it would be good to see him on the on the pitch. with Money the, grabber, that's uh, what he is. You've just got a money grabber on your team. He's going to leave you in about a season. A money grabber? Yeah, exactly that. Your whole team. Your whole team is money grabs. Unbelievable. Why, who invited him back on this pod? He kind of annoyed me for a while on Twitter. So I, had to get... <laughs> I had to make sure my voice was heard. I can't let people forget about me. It's good to have you on, in all seriousness. Don't mind Nick. He's he's cranky. We, we get um, him off. I'll come on in his place every week. It's fine. I'm not sure about that. Nick, he likes to speak, which helps us get through the podcast. So that's why we keep he him on. Nick's teams as well. He's talked about Inter doing the double. That's jinx. That's not happening anymore. <laughs> True. Um, right, so Adult Rap. Also returned to Serie A. He's gone to Genoa. Oh, yeah, that's exactly how I feel about Connell, to be honest. Is like that's just ridiculous, isn't it? It's Fiorentina gave him his first bit of exercise in five years. And the fact that he got a goal in it, I think it was an assist as well. I mean, good luck to him. Hopefully he can revive his career, but he's obviously got a lot of talent and on his day he is a very good footballer but is there much point in signing someone like him when it doesn't take too much to wind him up and for him to just hang up his boots basically and not care nick what are you what are your thoughts on this move yeah it's i mean it does strike a bit of desperation almost where you know Genoa's ranks had been somewhat fleeted of relate so that um, kind of grabbing for anything I think so I can understand from that point of view but yeah it's I mean it's it's not really gonna um it's not the smartest ever purchase but it's very similar to Ravel Morrison I guess he's gone to QPR and um you have to think the same thing about him why QPR would give him another 
chance. I mean, it's that same kind of player that they've shown so much potential in the past, but their attitude towards the game is just awful. So um, you'd have to think for both of those players, actually, that, that this move is probably, you know, I don't know how many times you can say this is your last chance, but you have to think they can't get many more chances. No, I think the fact that Adel Tarap has even gone to Genoa is something of a point to say that he's had his last chance already because his agent used to say that Real Madrid and Barcelona were after him. And that's kind of funny looking back at it. Now, one player who has been involved in a big move has gone out of Serie A to the Premier League. Luca, I'll bring you back in. Manolo Gabellini has gone to Southampton. He's got tired of sitting on the bench in Naples. Um, we have a few Premier League fans that listen. So what will Gabbiadini bring to Saints? Yeah, he's obviously a very good striker. He just never he was always very unlucky at Napoli after sort of being really on the top of his game at Sampdoria, then he left in January and just could never get in, in the team. But technically he's good, I think, um, compared to perhaps some of the other players that Saints have signed from Serie A, as in Osvaldo up front, he's he seems quite a sort of humble guy. He was, I think, he's still quite liked at Napoli, even though he never really got much of a chance. He always used to work hard, and um, you could tell he wasn't particularly happy, but he wasn't really one to start complaining. I think he, um, yeah, I think he must appreciate that he's got. I think he was very keen as well to move to Southampton. So I think he's got a good chance to really get going there. I think he, he he's obviously a very good player, and he's sort of at the kind of age now where he should be at the peak of his powers and I'd expect him to do do well. Perhaps he's not going to do brilliantly, but, you know, perhaps compared to, I don't know, Poloski when he was at Swansea, you'd expect him to do a bit better than that. He's got a bit more quality about him and, yeah, I think it, it seems a perfectly sensible move for all parties. To be fair, when you were talking about uh, someone going to the Premier League, I thought it was going to be Ranocchia for half a moment as he uh, <laughs> we'll get played it. a part in keeping a clean sheet for Hull there against United, but yeah, I think I think Gabbiadini's a he's a good player and he just needs to perhaps be in a slightly um smaller be a slightly bigger fish in a slightly smaller pond than he was at Napoli. But yeah, it should should work out quite well for him on the South Coast, I I'd think and I'd hope so. I think he might have a future with Italy if he can really get going there like LA did and yeah, it was all, all good. Yeah, I think of all the Premier League teams to sign Gabbiadini, Southampton are probably best suited for him because they kind of play in a European style and I don't know they're not as physical and in your face and ugly as a lot of the other Premier League teams would be like West Ham for example when Simone Zaza went there and failed miserably but you mentioned Ranocchia I wasn't sure if we were going to talk about him but you've brought him up so why not Nick, you've seen a fair bit of Andrea Ranocchia for your sins, and why on earth have Hull City decided to sign him? Um, let me just put my Inter hat on and say oh, he's a fantastic defender, and I think in <laughs> six months' time, um, if any clubs are looking for a central defender about the 20 mil mark, then he's your guy. Look, he's Pretending you're not an Inter fan for a minute? Um, I have honest. no friggin' idea what Hull were thinking. I, I, I was shocked this whole transfer window. There, I, I saw Tottenham for like weeks going that they were interested in Nokia. Tottenham Hotspur, like holy crap. You've got Tottenham. There was, I think, Watford. Um, there, was, there was a number of Premier League teams I did not understand. It just kind of proved my 
kind of theory that not many English people watch Steady R because if they had, surely, surely, I'd, yeah, I don't know. Blows my mind. But, hey, he's temporarily off the interwages. So if he can, um, you know, a positive spin, if he can pick up some form, maybe it will help us actually permanently get rid of him. So he'll be back in six months and starting again. That's that's what's going to happen all the time. You're going to ship him out. He's going to come back. <laughs> of the three parties involved with Hull, Renokia, and Inter, I think it's only Inter that are really winning because Hull have signed an absolutely awful defender. Andrea Renokia is going to be exposed in another country for being an absolutely awful defender. But at least Inter have him off the books for a while, I guess, and they don't have to worry about him. I'd put him uh, down as the perhaps he, perhaps he could surprise everyone and be the reverse Fazio, whereas Fazio was regarded as completely awful in England. And then in Italy, he's this brilliant defender. Perhaps Renocchi is going to just surprise everyone. He's going to be perfectly suited to it up there on Humberside. As long as he can just sort of stop falling over when he's on the ball, <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be fine. And Hull will stay up and he'll go for millions and millions. The very fact that you had to say as long as he stops falling over <laughs> kind of says a lot about the caliber, the caliber of this player. Um, guys, I'll open the floor. Is there any other transfers that you want to bring up? Uh, I'm pretty excited that Kevin Lasagna's back. Yeah, you actually, I don't know how I overlooked that. You wrote it in caps on the... Uh, yeah. Thing. That's was that like, I saw, initially that was looking to be he was signed by Udinese but then loaned back to Carpi? Is he staying at Udinese now? Uh, to be honest, I couldn't tell you that. I just got excited about the news. So. <laughs> That's the kind of insight you get on this podcast, guys. <laughs> um, so, any other tra- Connell, do you want to talk about no, it? It's a departure. I'm quite upset by the departure of Kevin Dix. He's gone back to his former club on loan, which uh, has left me feeling a bit depressed. Um, Seems we don't have a proper right back, and the name's quite always humorous. So uh, the inner five-year-old in me likes to see him playing, which he never did. Uh, I could only wish that Josh Brillante would come back, seeing as we've been on the topic of uh, Australians. And uh, I've seen him play recently, and I I just want him back. Should we just have like a 10-minute segment each week of Australian footballers? No, oh. yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Connell, I'm disappointed in you. You will not be getting invited back on. Um, actually, on a serious, actually, it's not really serious. It's more humorous note. Anthony uh, Munier, mm-hmm. um, who Connor, you might be interested in. I thought that was quite humorous. His little um, four day stint at Saint Etienne. Yeah, what happened there? Do you want to fill people in? Connor, <laughs> um, well, Connor, you can go. If you want, yeah, well, um, it's quite funny because he came from uh, Lyon's youth development, which, uh, as some may know, well, I presume not many English fans because they seem to have a hatred towards any other league. But um, uh, Lyon, they're not very uh, friendly with Sanetian. And um, he's recently said in the past, I believe it was in 2015, he even said that... uh, Sanatian are not a club that he particularly likes at all. So for them, for him to go and join them on loan was a bit of a shocker. The fans weren't very happy. He said he'd explain it to them, didn't explain it to them at all. And they basically uh, chased him out of the club with uh, pitchforks and knives. And uh, so he's back in Serie A. And he's with Atalanta this time. And they chased him all the way to Bergamo, by the looks of it. I look forward to seeing what he gets up to. 
Uh, guys, is there anything else you want to bring up? Otherwise, I'll wrap this up about now. Montaro's leading Pescara to safety. Did you see the um the photo that was released of him in the jersey? He looks so pissed off. Like he does not want to be at Pescara. He <laughs> I'll try find that photo again. It was doing around, I think it was on Instagram earlier, and I'll tweet it out on the Forza Italian Football Twitter. So it's definitely worth looking at. He does not look like a happy man. Anything you else, guys? Uh, Christian Teo. Literally the best winger in the league right now. Oh, my God. Who, up until tonight, I was extremely annoyed with. But um, him and uh, Federico Chiesa practically won the Fiorentina in the game in the end. Although, there were people were reporting that Chiesa was the one that scored the goal to have Fiorentina beat Pescara 2-1 in literally the last minute of added time. But it seems that Chiesa just celebrates any goal that just goes past his leg like a piece of wind. <laughs> And claims it as his own. It's a, it's a shame because uh, if they were counted like that, he'd have three goals already this season. Still only got the one to his name. Mm. I don't know how you've managed to start him. But I, that, that has to be said. He's changed my mind entirely. He's what, three goals in the past two weeks, I think it is. Um, my stance on Josip Bilic has not changed. He's still a dick that needs to leave the club. <laughs> but uh, I think Taylor, he doesn't, he doesn't get enough credit. Okay, well, you've given him a bit of credit there, and that's about all the credit he's going to have. Nick, um, do you want to jump in? I was just going to say, I'm pretty sure about 20, 30 minutes in, you had some choice words for Tello, did you not? Uh, <laughs> him and Illichich both. <laughs> yeah. Things change very quickly in your view. But um, before you wrap up, I'd just like to say that I'm glad that Connell's not dead. So Yeah, me too. I was really worried for his safety at some points throughout the season. Oh. It's nice to see that you're indoors as well, Connell, and not wandering the streets somewhere. Oh, no, Actually, are, you, are you being held or something? Are you there on your free will or advice uh, if you're in trouble or something? I have, to, I have to speak quite quietly, otherwise my captors might hear me. So, oh, keep Connell, it. Where are you right now? <laughs> I'm in France. Where in France? My kitchen, seemingly, with this lovely uh, old woman wallpaper and a curtain behind me. Yeah, when I asked where in France, I didn't mean what sort of room. <laughs> I meant like geographically where in France. I can't keep you guessing because uh, according to Nick, I'm one of the most mysterious people going. I'm, I'm so, Nick, uh, I, I like to. I mean, I'm in Brittany to be to be exact, and if you want, in Rennes. So uh, I've had to put up with people being sad with the departure of Camille Grosiski going to Hull. And so, how are you it. coping with that news? I'm. I couldn't give a fuck to be honest, but uh, <laughs> I, I can understand people's sadness, but not my cup of tea. Okay. On that note, we'll wrap things up. Uh, just before I go, a lot of you are well, not a lot of you. There's a handful of you watching us now, but for those of you just listening, I want to point you in the direction of our YouTube channel. It's been a bit quiet the last couple of days. Nick needs to get the finger out and start putting some more videos up. Nick, is there anything lined up? Yeah, I'm sure there is. Um, I'm going to do a, we've got a transfer kind of video coming, which will cover all of those transfers, even the ones that people aren't too excited about. So I'll kind of go through all of the winter transfers in Serie A. Um, there'll also be a, a bit of build up for the, the Derby d'Italia on Sunday, which we've already spoken about. And hopefully we'll try and do a bit of a post-match um, discussion on that as well and I'm sure Vieri's back he was kind of walkabout for a while so he's back and he'll be getting out some content as well so 
we'll hopefully be getting some videos out every day or two. So be sure to subscribe to the channel and um, look out for us. We've got some other people who are going to be joining in as well shortly. So lots to look forward to and um, yeah, keep supporting us as much as you can. Yeah, I'm very surprised that much like my surprise with Connell, I'm surprised that Fieri is still alive after his last two weeks of adventuring. He's been the past few weeks, hasn't he? Hmm? He's, he's been playing all over Facebook. Exactly why I was worried for his safety. Yeah. <laughs> um, we love Vieri, don't we? So remember, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you're watching, the links are just beneath the video. Facebook and Instagram, search for Italian Football. On Twitter, we are at Serie FFC. And if you're feeling extra generous, you can head over to patreon.com, search for Forza Italian Football and donate as little as you can, even as little as one or two. <laughs> Nick, there's no need for that, Jess. As little as, <laughs> as much as you can, as much as you can, just uh, splash it all out. Yeah, well, there's a few people donating already and we do appreciate it. So if you want to join in, by all means, you can follow me on Twitter at ConCalcio. You can follow Nick at Nick said Carol. Luca, I don't know yours. Gumbizono. <laughs> there we go. And Connell. Oh, Christ. Um, Connell V, I think it is. Okay, there you go. Oh, that was hard, Chief. I'm yeah, ask an easier question next time, like where in France are you? So that's about all for this week, guys. Signing off for everyone at Forza Italian Football. We'll chat to you again next week, and it's ciao for now. Bye-bye. Portaci dove vuoi, verso le tue conquiste, dove tu arriverai, sarà la storia di tutti noi, solo chi corre può fare di te la squadra che sei.
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.